Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm without Tiffany today because she is taking a long deserved break. Uh, actually, is on vacation for the first time in I don't even know how long. And But we both really wanted to do this interview and she has given me permission to do it on my own. Lucky for you, it's not just me. I do have two guests with me who are from Seattle now living in Rome. So I'll have you introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Rose Wentz, and I lived in Seattle for almost 40 years, and now I'm living in Rome. And I'm Wayne Wentz, and I lived in Seattle for almost 40 years, and now I'm living in Rome. (laughs) You might guess that they're a married couple from that description. And part of the reason we wanted to talk to you was because of a letter we got from one of our listeners named Andy, who dreams, she's in her... uh, I'm not quite retirement age, but she dreams that when she does get to that age, maybe she could do it overseas. And she was wondering, how do you retire overseas if you're not part of the 1%? We thought we'd ask you that question since it's something that you actually pulled off. How did you first get the idea that you wanted to retire overseas instead of in the United States? When we were very young, when we got engaged at age 18, we decided we wanted to eventually live overseas. And as, as the years went on, we uh, started working and saying, well, Europe would be the place we want to do it, and just never had a chance at a younger age. But as we got into our, our mid-50s, we said, we think we can do this and actually do it by the age 60. We used to have a notebook titled Retire to Italy by Age 60, and uh, we made it. We left Seattle about six years ago and lived in the D.C. area for five years. That allowed us to make several more trips to Europe per year than we used to make, and um, we were able to pull all the little things together, our visa, and uh, we were able to downsize from our large Seattle house to an apartment in D.C. area, which made us comfortable living in a smaller apartment in, in Rome. Why did you decide on Italy? Why was it Italy by 60 instead of, say, France by 60? Yeah. Well, partly is that uh, it happened to be that uh, Italy was one of the very first international trips we did. And we've been to France, and we've been to a number of other uh, European countries and other places like Israel and China. And we just felt really comfortable here, the people, the culture, the climate. For example, Rome is not hot year-round, which a lot of uh, Americans think it is because they've only been here in the summertime. So there really is four seasons here still. Um, In some ways, the climate isn't that extremely different than Seattle. So it's the culture and the climate of course, the food, many other things. And one of the big things that was a decision-making point last year that we came for a special trip just to make a final decision is what would it cost to live here? So we had to do a lot of research about could we afford Rome or did we have to live in some small little town, you know, some Cinque Terre town or something like that to afford it. So the cost was a big decision factor. It's interesting that you are living overseas for the first time after you've retired, because I think a lot of people feel that to make such a decision, you would need experience. You would need to know what it was like to live overseas, even if it was just a student quarter abroad. Why were you confident that you could do it? Well, unfortunately, I have to correct you. We hadn't talked about this. I I lived in Germany twice as a child. My father was in the army. I also lived in Okinawa. Of course, I was I was a child. I you know I I had the built-in family system to take care of me, but also as uh, teenagers, we also both traveled to Europe. Rose for a, a month and me for a, a smaller period of time. We had some overseas experience already. It wasn't 
you know, get to retirement age, uh, say goodbye, have a piece of cake at work and move over here and, and see what it was like. We had a bunch of experience beforehand, even preparing for this final trip to Rome in November last year. In February, we came to Rome for three weeks to go to language school and to start the search for apartments, not necessarily to commit to anything. But that was three weeks of living independently, not in a hotel and living in an apartment that we had arranged. And then we did the same thing again in September. We came for two weeks, rented an apartment in that period of time and finalized the, the ability to live here. So we took it in small steps, which I, I you know, the, the culture shock can be a lot if you just do one thing for 35 years and then suddenly try something else. You have to have that sense of adventure. Sure, there's cultural differences, but that's why we came to live here, is it the cultural differences. But I've traveled a lot in the United States for my work. There's a lot of cultural differences within the United States. So, for example, if we said, we're going to retire to Florida, um, a lot of people wouldn't have been shocked by that. They might be a little surprised. People are expecting that folks up in the north part of the country will retire to the southern part of the country as if there's no challenges to that. There's, you know, very similar challenges about not knowing the community, the culture. The language, of course, is different, but there's a lot of similar challenges, I think, to moving to another part of the country. As Wayne said, we moved from Seattle to D.C. and found that there was cultural changes, missing family, our community. So we felt that gave us some experience also to say, yes, we can go somewhere else and experience something different and not be so challenged by it that it will outweigh the benefits. How is your Italian, would you say, at this point? Mine's very little, partly because of my travel for work. I've started the 101 course many times. I now have a tutor here who's helping me. Uh, I'll let Wayne talk about the fact that he's a little better. <laughs> I, oh, I think I'm quite competent. There, there's still many, many gaps for me and, and a lot to learn. But uh, people are very friendly and tolerant and I tend to insist uh, in restaurants and, and certainly like with the doormen in our building or the different tradespeople that I've had to deal with, uh, most of them don't even begin to speak any English, but even when someone tries, I, I try to stay in what Italian I, I know and uh, keep learning more every day. Because that's another hurdle is how well do you need to speak the language of the country that you're moving to? But Rome is such an international city. In fact, the neighborhood we live in is really close to a district that's called International. We go over there and go shopping all the time. So there's Asians and uh, Africans and uh, Indians and Americans and many, many European country people. What actually makes it hard for me to learn Italian is, as Wayne said, I start trying my Italian and almost everybody slips into English. So that's like the common language here in Rome that there's so many people who come from other cultures and languages here, and English tends to be the common language. So it isn't really difficult in Rome. It may be in other cities, but in Rome it's very easy to survive without knowing the language. But I want to really learn it, so that's part of my goal. Let's talk about the steps that you took to actually get here. When you were having that notebook, Italy by 60, what was in that notebook? What sort of planning were you doing? Well, one of the first things, actually, Wayne did a lot of it, is that we did a lot of online stuff. So there's, you know, the, today with the Internet, you can look at apartments and neighborhoods. There's websites that are for expats, people who live in other countries, uh, that tell you what are the costs, what are the issues. 
So there was a lot of websites you could do your initial research. So we started doing that. Some of it was confusing because you get different advice from different people. So we're very prepared, maybe over-prepared people. So we literally have like a three-inch binder. We still have like, it has everything like birth certificates, marriage certificates, bank accounts, FBI checks, fingerprints, retirement accounts, all of those at one point or another were needed to do this transition to be here and get your permission to stay. I think Rose has it exactly right. We researched a lot of information, realized that some people never update their websites, which is a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but found the ones that do and knew uh, for sure we needed a visa, even for short term. We hope to stay here many, many years, but even to stay here for more than 90 days, we needed a visa. So we needed to round up things like birth certificates and marriage license and that. Those were easy to get, just get them together so we had them. We also realized early on we weren't even going to try to come here to work. And so we're taking a different route than many people, certainly younger people would take. We're using the elective residence route. So we also have to prove that we have the income to do it, which we did with showing my my retirement incomes to the um, Italian state. In, in the end, one of the things that certainly helped, which would be a, a I think scary for a lot of your listeners is we sold our Seattle house after five years in in DC. We sold it and invested that money elsewhere, not in real estate. And that's part of the money that we show that we have the ability to live here without relying on the Italian social service system. Money is a big question. I don't know how candid you want to get, but a lot of the questions that I'm hearing is, how do you know that you have enough to move abroad? Well, I don't think you really ever know because we did a lot of research and talked to different people. So we set up a budget for ourselves, and uh, we're going over our budget like most people do when you first like buy a house or move somewhere new. And I'm tracking the cost. So we not sure but we did check out uh, the major costs so the major costs for us were renting an apartment so we're renting a very nice two-bedroom apartment here very close to the coliseum which has a terrace and many things so it's not a little teeny little tiny studio apartment which is what we rented when we were here last year doing our test testing of it so we're very comfortable but the cost of the apartment and of course, for anyone who's who's at like our age, at least the way we retired, we have to pay our own medical insurance. So of course, that's big in America. So we could do that, and then also some things like food. We began to estimate what it is, and now we're tracking it to see what will really cost. And we're a little over budget, but not like blowing the budget type thing. So you do have to look at those things and say things. One thing's different here than at least most of the United States is you can rent a nice apartment that's fully furnished. So we didn't have to bring furniture over or buy a lot of furniture. We just had to buy some basics of, you know, like sheets and towels. But I mean, this place has beds and furniture and dishes and a lot of things that could cost you a lot of money setting up an apartment. So it was easy to say we could try it for a year and then decide what we wanted to do. And is your intention to stay for the rest of your life in Rome? Thanks for coming to me first, because 
<laughs> I think the answer is yes. I, there, there's a, a perennial debate about it, and, and we could be wrong. That's why when we came here for our, the first year, we only asked for a one-year contract with our landlord, and we're able to negotiate that. We may in the future ask for a longer contract. We have two grown boys. They, they might start families someday. That could change things. They're, they're spread out through the United States, so it's not like there's any one place where we could go and live and be near them. So whether we travel across the ocean and then to where they live or from the Seattle area then to where they live, it's in, in one sense no difference. At least that, that's the philosophy I've adopted. But we like to travel so much it could be that we say let's live in Rome for three or four years and then let's go live in Turkey or, or uh, Nepal or, or some other place. I kind of like having a base and Rome is a good good base. It's a good big city. We can get refreshed here very easily and it's well connected to the rest of the world. So Wayne says yes we probably live here for most the rest of our lives. And what do you say? Well I Part of it is I say something slightly different, and part of that's because I'm still working. I've been a contracted person for a number of years. Many of the agencies I work for, I had to be very careful about how I described what I was doing because I didn't want them to stop hiring me. So, for example, a week ago, we just got back after six weeks in the United States. So we saw family and friends in various locations, and I also did a number of work days uh, training and teaching for the agencies as I've been doing for almost 20 years. So I call it a sabbatical. People have that understanding that teachers, professors take sabbaticals. So they understand that concept. I think Americans get really stuck with retirement means you have to be 65 and you'll never go back to work again. And I just want to leave the options open to say what happens in our life will happen in our life and if we need to go back because of whatever in our own personal life or our children's life or our parents' lives or the income changes differently, we'll do that. So we want to be flexible and not say it has to be forever and then make a commitment that feels like you can never go back and never never work again, for example, or never go back to Seattle. Of course we can go back to Seattle. Another question that Andy asked when she wrote in was, even if you have a financial plan and you budgeted like you did, do you need to have some job you're doing on the side to make it work to retire somewhere for the rest of your life? You know, I, everyone's finances is, of course, different. Where we are right now, and we've only had, you know, kind of traditional government jobs, so we've never been the one percenters. So we've been, had nice jobs with good incomes. But So it's not like we're having so much money we have nothing to think about, but... You know, we also look at, for example, our parents who were in their 80s and say, would our income last to our 80s? Well, that's so hard to predict in the world. The market could crash tomorrow, whatever. So it's not like we're just living without thought about it. So I want to keep working because I enjoy doing it. It's nice to have the income and then be able to, if I had to, step back into it more full time. But a lot of it has to do with I'm still enjoying doing it. We started using a, a fee financial planner when we were very young. And we still have the same fee financial planner, right? and we, we quite enjoy working with her. And when, when we told her we were finally to this point, because we weren't in close contact for many years, we showed her what we had, and we think we can retire. It's not so much living overseas. This is, still, this is a question for retiring at age 58, or for Rose partially retiring at age 58. 
and being able to live the rest of your your life without work it's it's that's the question it's not so much where i think i know we're living cheaper in rome than we were in the dc area and with the price of real estate in the seattle area these days and and other costs i think we're living cheaper than we could even in in seattle now world economy could change uh, the the dollar to the euro could get even worse than it is is now and maybe that gets harder but we're only taking so much of our um, our uh, savings that that we started once again very young saving and and spending it each year so i i think we can do quite well i also am open to um, work overseas or here it'll be hard i have to change my whole visa status if i ever want to work over here but uh, there's work i can do in the states if i ever want to again and the possibility is always there what about things like medical care when you were looking at where to live it's hard sometimes to have a perspective on what medical systems are like outside of the united states if you've never lived anywhere else but is that something that you researched also in moving we we researched it, it quite a bit we had the advantage from the last job i had of being able to continue with that medical coverage in the united states we have to pay it ourselves and that's that's our second biggest bill after our, our rent here in rome is our, our medical insurance but that gives us a guarantee it means we have to go back to states for most of our treatment though we researched both just direct medical costs and even insurance costs in italy we bought a travel insurance policy for one year um, if we continue the, the track we're on we probably will eventually also get on the italian medical system we'll have to pay for that and it's it's not a a, a small payment but we can do that we both have some small ongoing medical conditions that it was best to keep even the same doctors, not just the same insurance in the States. So when we do make trips back to the States, we touch base with our doctors. Um, one of my conditions, I went ahead and contacted an English-speaking Italian doctor and went into his office, had a wonderful experience without you know getting into too much stuff. I had an EKG in this doctor's office, and this doctor did many other things. I spent two hours with this doctor and spent 150 euro with him. Now, he did it all. He didn't have an assistant and any of that, but it was still two hours for a, a very good consult. And now I've got someone here who knows my history, and he has shared information with my doctor in the States and vice versa. We knew that that was an ability, and I think in most countries you would go to, there are English-speaking doctors. Uh, we found this one through the U.S. Embassy website, and it worked. I think anyone can do that anywhere. It's, it's not a unique situation. To compare the cost of it to what that's, just that same visit would have cost me in the States is uh, quite amazing. And so I feel comfortable paying some out of pocket and some with my insurance and balancing those things out over the years. When you started sharing this plan with your friends, Obviously, your sons were probably in the loop a little earlier, but when you started telling friends or associates in your life that this is what you were doing, what reaction were you getting? I think the most interesting one, we saw it many times, maybe 100 plus times between friends, family, work colleagues and stuff. A lot of people have the dream of like Rome, even if they've never been here. So their first reaction is this kind of wonder and like, wow, I would love to do that. And I got to the point I actually could like count it down and I could see in their eyes where they started figuring out all the things that they would have to do to actually do that. I think if we told people we're moving to Arizona, 
they would all go, oh yeah, a lot of people move to Arizona when they retire. But moving to another country is just, uh, you could just kind of see the wonder and amazement in people's eyes. People say we're courageous. I don't think we're courageous. I just think we, we're willing to give it a try. Why do you think courageous is a word people use? Well, I think a lot of Americans haven't traveled outside the United States or very, very small in their life, and they have ideas or myths in their mind how difficult it will be. There's the stereotype of Italian bureaucracy, that it's going to be this terrible bureaucracy, and you have to do all this stuff, and they're going to give you all these hurdles to jump over. And we've actually had a very nice experience with the Italian bureaucracy. Yeah, there's bureaucracy you have to deal with, uh, and it isn't always clear the first step, but the individuals we dealt with tell us where to go. No, you're not supposed to be at this office. You're supposed to be over here. No, you have to go to the police department first. You do a lot more things to the U.S to their postal system than we do in America. So we're learning those type of things, but I can't imagine it's any less bureaucracy than if you were an Italian trying to move to America. There is bureaucracy, but it isn't as challenging as I think people think it's going to be. So I don't think it's as courageous as maybe some people think it will be. Is there any reactions that you got that you found interesting? Most of mine were more, more personal. There were there were those people would be afraid. You know what what would it be like? And is there water? Is there is there internet? Well, of course there's internet in in Rome. It's just as fast as anything I had in the states. Um, more personal ones are there were people just couldn't believe that I was ready to stop working, just really stop. And so I understand where I used to work. There's a pool of when I'm coming back. I can tell them everyone who bet in it is going to lose, but. Uh, because I don't think it think I'm coming back. But there was some courage there when people heard how we chose to do it. We chose to sell a house after owning a house since we were age 22. We chose, and people wouldn't have to do this, to sell all our furnishings, all my tools, everything but art and family pictures and some precious textiles and other things we'd collected over the years. But uh, we no longer own any furniture except for a few things we bought since we got to Rome. And, you know, some people can't say, well, even, even for us, we came here, we said, we'll, we'll give it a year, make sure it's going to work. Well, that meant if it didn't work, we went back. We would, the courageous thing we did was we'll have to buy new furniture to live somewhere else. But it's not that hard to buy furniture, and you know, it's still a change. And you know, gave us a chance to make a change, no matter what. Even if this really is only a year in Rome, we can go back and start something new, and still have a whole new adventure in the states, which would still be fun for us. Was that a hard or frightening thing to do? Well, I think at first it seems that way. What is most important to you? You have to kind of go through that decision-making process, and then also. What would it cost to ship things? We had things that literally went back to like wedding gifts. Do we keep this or not? If we've kept it for, you know, 37 years of marriage, do we keep something like that? You know, we remember who gave it to us for our wedding. So we went through and literally kind of made those decisions. And I think that made maybe, as Wayne said, one of the more challenging or courageous things. And um, surely you could ship things here. Other people put it in storage. You could look at doing it that way. We, we made the decision to really cut. So we figured out exactly how much the airline would let us take. And because I travel so much for work, I, I got to have the higher level. So we had 
We moved here in November. We allowed six suitcases with 70 pound eaches plus two carry-ons. So we're down to like literally hundreds of pounds of stuff that we brought versus thousands of pounds. Part of retiring in general is a chance to reinvent your life. How are you piecing together what you want to be doing with your lives in this new place and making that adjustment? We've been here six months. I remember thinking when you're working full time, you know, 40, 60 hours a week, like most of us do, that you think, if I didn't work, I'd have so much time. We are so busy doing things, and a lot of it's just ordinary things. So, yeah, we are trying to reinvent our lives, and that was one of the purposes of doing it. We felt that if we move somewhere different, it would really challenge us. Where if we, for example, just retired in Seattle, even if we gave up our jobs, we had our church community, Wayne was very much involved in the soccer community, all sorts of other, you know, volunteer work and family. We found that we just kept doing the same things. So we really are looking at this as an opportunity and believe if you let yourself be open, we're just waiting for something to happen. We're waiting, but looking carefully and and we want to find some volunteer activities here i want to get more connected to the italian community too i have many italian friends but also still i'd say most of the friends i have right now are are english-speaking friends and i want to find a different balance had got quite sloppy the last five years of work and just didn't get out exercising as much so we get to the gym every day now and are, are faithful about that. So that's a, a reinvention, and, and it's also a way to make us live longer. So you know, something we should have been doing more carefully. I got too involved in work those last uh, several years. Did shedding all this stuff, and I mean, not just your jobs, really, but since you're still working, but do you feel different now? What does that feel like? For me, it feels freeing that you can say yes or no more easily. Even if a job calls me up and I don't want to do it, for whatever reason, it's not the right thing or it's not the right time, you can say yes and no. In our normal life, we had many things that we dearly loved being involved in in Seattle, but it's nice to be able to not have to explain to people, so why aren't we doing the same volunteer jobs that we've been doing for 20 years or you know, community projects? Or In some ways, it's easier, I think, to just live what you want to do Give yourself some time and then figure out. And that's part of why I'm saying I'm not sure what will happen, how long we'll be in, in Italy. It's not a matter of not liking living here, but it's more of saying I really believe something will happen that will make it clear to us. And by being open, then more opportunities can happen. I, of course, feel a lot different not, not working on a regular basis. I know intellectually that I used to personalize way too much of my work, and, and it think it affected my health, it affected me with stress, and so not having those stresses, every day I'm enjoying myself here. And my final question is, besides your family and your friends, which obviously it would be sad to say goodbye to certain people, what's the thing that you miss the most, leaving the United States behind? I loved seeing that Seattle skyline, and I love seeing the mountains in both directions beyond Seattle, and I love seeing the water every day. You couldn't go anywhere in Seattle without getting that feel. Rome is very interesting and very beautiful, but I guarantee you, you can come in the whole drive from the airport, and you won't see a skyline. You won't know you're suddenly in Rome until you turn the corner and there's the Colosseum. You don't have to go too far out of town before you can start seeing the mountains. But 
it's so different than that sea to mountain culture that and, and atmosphere that you could get in Seattle. I, I will always miss that. So much I still have to go back to, even though you said not uh, friends and families, but that's probably one of the hardest things is to really be away from people. But we're seeing some opportunities where people want to come to Rome, and it's actually one of the reasons we decided about Rome, many, many reasons. But one is that it is a destination city. I mean, you talked about the finances earlier. I do think you have to really think about what's so important to you. So, for example, one of the decisions we made that was important to us, so we're spending more on rent than we might need to, is to have that extra bedroom. And we also rented a place with an outdoor terrace, which is a big uh, big bonus in Rome because most apartments don't even have uh, balconies, let alone outdoor terraces. So we learned that that was something really important after many years. So I think the process as a couple walking through what's so important to you that you won't give up. You must have that um, so that you feel comfortable through other times when you are missing friends and family or feeling frustrated or whatever's happening to you that what will make you feel comfortable living here it was something important for us to figure out well thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it thank you thank you and have fun this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell tiffany will be back soon thanks for joining us We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.